We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. You know, not, I saw you, by the way. Steph played you a little bit. Huh? How does Steph play me? He was like, yo, when did you write this? Or which chapter? And I couldn't hear what no, you said. No, no, no. Yeah, see, see. That's not what happened. Nah, you stumbled a little happened, bit, man. though. I, oh. I just, oh, I definitely stumbled. Okay. I mean, it just showed you the re- relevance of, you know, what I'm doing right now. But basically, <laughs> they were asking him questions about Canada, like his Canada and what he liked and all. Oh, that. I heard that. <laughs> so I, so I whispered. I was like, "Tell him to look in the book." And he was like, "What you saying?" I said, "Tell him to look in the book." And that's when he was like, what chapter? And I was like, uh, two? <laughs> I, I think it's one, actually, but I, I kind of guessed on the fly. And then that's when he said, so actually, you know, I kind of set the lob up and he dunked it home. By the way, Marcus, I've had a few people that have come up to me said uh, they're enjoying the KD book so far better than the Steph one. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and by a few people, I mean like two people that have said that. So by definition, that's not a few, right? A few has to be three. <laughs> Is so that really the people. definition? I mean, it's a couple <laughs> if it's just two, right? Yeah, I don't. Do you feel like you enjoy? Well, I guess you should. I guess we should talk about the book first, but whatever. That, oh, that was my recording? first question. Oh, my bad. Hey, what do you need to get in the Sky Club? What do you need? One of those cards? Do you need? Do you need like what's the? Uh, do you need like a like a chase card or something or a? Uh... Nah, it's like Delta. Like what level you got to be on? Just walking like you know you should be in there. Man, I'm black in San Francisco. That ain't gonna work. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke after, but he took it from me. Well done. Ah, well, can you do? Yo, is this for Sky Miles members? <laughs> huh? 
Um, oh, not for you, she said. Oh, I got to pay to come in here? This is riveting podcast. <laughs> this is what the people want. Let's let's get this rolling. Marcus, I actually started your book. Knock it, knock it, pretend I finished it. Um, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> oh, God. Are you going to have to issue a, uh, it was an epilogue? If KD makes a, a different free agent decision, oh, I imagine no matter what happens, I'm figure I'm, I'm already prepared. I'm gonna have to write an epilogue. <laughs> Why don't you just make a second book? You can get paid on a second KD book. Nah, they use the epilogue like to sell the paperback. You know, uh, so once you got the hardcover, then they then they issue the paperback, and you kind of gotta put a little something new in there. You know what I'm saying? So right. But all the people who got the hard copy and you still want a paperback, you can be like, all right. This ain't, this what this is new in here, so that's what they did last time anyway. Oh, you got an extra paycheck for that? Nope. It's all in the contract. All in the contract. Yep. Uh, well, well, how'd you feel about it? I guess we'll start with that. I'm sure most people that are listening already 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 know all about it. But how'd you feel about that book? How was it? I mean, since I'm on light years, I'm, I'm I mean, I guess I'm gonna be honest. No matter what, I didn't feel good about it. It was it was it was incredibly hard. It was very difficult on my marriage and my family. And because of that I had like some animosity toward it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, Jeez. <laughs> I mean, what yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me go back to the PR. Hey, you know, it was a riveting thing. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a great time and this is such an epic What happened? Year. I mean, look, number one, it's just, it's not, it's really not feasible to do. And uh-huh. like I got, I did the first one, right? And I didn't know what I was getting into. So I was just like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And it was good money. You know, it wasn't like life changing uh-huh. money, but it was like, uh-huh. it was like dang near my uh, Bayer News Group salary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I had a, it was a second book deal, right? It was a two book deal. It was like, basically, if you do well on the first one, we got the rights to do the second one. So I'm chilling. I was already exhausted, but this, I, first off, writing a book while you do this job is ridiculous. Like it's stupid. And I learned that the first time. So I was in the process of basically really recovering from the first book. Cause I'm telling you, like I was exhausted. I remember coming back from Cleveland, like, and just like, like not being able to sleep, kind of delirious, you know what I'm saying? Because I was writing all night, and you know I would like do my day job and then write at night, and it was just it was, it was unhealthy. So this one, I was kind of chilling. They was like, "Yo, we want a KD book," and I was like, "Y'all, y'all tripping? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not writing a book right now." And then they kept pressing, and they wanted the KD book, and I pitched a couple other book ideas. Uh, Cause I was like, man, this KD book gonna take a long time. Like, I don't have the 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 wherewithal that I built up with Steph. Like, I don't have the ingrained knowledge, so I gotta mm-hmm. learn all this stuff. So they were like, yeah, no, nah, we'll give you more time. And the first time they gave me like six months, so this time they gave me a year. <laughs> and so it, it was just it's just hard, man. Like doing the same job, and then my the real hard part, and you know, I'm just being real honest right here, is that my daughter was in middle school this time. Mm-hmm. And middle school, it's just really hard for her. So I'm having to do that and, like, do my day job, at, you know, at the athletic. The other time when I wrote the book, I wasn't at the athletic. I was at Bang. 
you know, and I kind of, you know, how you, you just be on the job for so long, you can right. figure out yeah. how to, you like, know, the most efficient to way do. to do everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I was. And then you come to the athletic and things are different. TK is my boss and he's you know, like, he always wants the best work. So yeah, it's like the standard. So like typical I'm Asian, that. typical Asian, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm doing that. And I'm, you know, and, uh, I'm writing, trying to write this book and research this book and I'm dealing with my daughter in middle school. Damn, man. It was, it was just, it was just a lot. There's just no way I should have done it in a year. There's just no way. And then, uh, you know, you know, KD was a lot like Steph didn't really want to do it. It was kind of oh. like, yeah, do your thing. But you know what I'm saying? Like we're not really doing it, doing it together. So, so I, I think a lot of our listeners don't don't understand what like the the unauthorized aspect of it means, like where they're not doing it with you. That basically yeah, gives so them plausible denial. I got a, I got beef with these people. I got like a bone to pick with people who always got something to say. Like, and let me get on my like, I'm about to put my uh, yes. in my head with the black fist on it. Like everybody <laughs> got a problem with me writing a book. If you go on Amazon right now, it's 15 books on Kevin Durant. There was 15 books on Steph Curry. But suddenly when the black dude write one, we got a problem with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> suddenly now we got to pay the players to do it. Like, y'all ain't say nothing with Judy Bloom. daughter was writing books on every player in the book from a, from a loft in New York. Don't know. You know what I'm saying? Go look right now. There are hella books on Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. There's a book about Steph Curry's faith online by somebody who didn't even talk to Steph Curry. Like, how do they get to write a book? And, like, I told her, I was like, dude, there's a book with your faith. I was at a retreat with my daughter like a little youth retreat and in the cabin there's a book about steph's faith i was like dang steph so you couldn't do a book with me right you didn't want to do the book with me but you're doing a book with faith he's like what i'm like there's no way somebody wrote a book about joe faith when wow. i'm talking to you about it and there was a book about his faith in the bookstore <laughs> that, like, that's know. insane <laughs> yeah but like people wow. are like oh you know like i'm taking advantage of something like look man i'm writing a book somebody's paying me to write a book wait who it's Who's just, saying this, Marcus? Stuff, you see the stuff online. You uh, see people making comments. Yeah. And it's like, I don't see, wow. like, first off, there just aren't that many, you know, black authors in our sports industry anyway. Like, yeah. you know, shouts to William Roden and, and, and Ralph Wiley, you know what I'm saying? And Abrams, Bryant, I guess. Like, yeah. Jonathan Abrams. You know, we yeah. don't get these opportunities. So it just really pisses me off when people are like, you making money off Steph's name. What? Damn. I'm making money off my writing ability. Like hella people covered Steph, hella people covered Durant. Yeah. The only one they was only offered one dude money to write the book. That ain't got nothing to do with Steph or KD. That got something to do with a, a publisher believed in me and my ability. Like don't don't come. They, they can miss me with that. I'm taking advantage of somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it really it really burns me up that there's 15 books about KD, but people have a problem because I were one. And yeah, that- you know how I am. I just think it's because <laughs> I'm black. well that's what i wanted to that's what i wanted to get into though um is just like how commonplace um kind of writing a book without it being quote-unquote stamped by the subject is i feel like people didn't really realize that with with either of your books right uh yeah i think in general people i think the difficulty is and i i get that part right the difficulty is People expect because of my position and my relationship right. that this was a union. You know what I'm saying? Like even when I was doing the KD book, they they were they ended up being surprised KD's camp that Steph didn't do the book with me. They were like, "Oh, we thought he did the book with you." I was like, "Nah." He said from the jump, like he's you know they they both were like, "Yeah, do your thing." Like 
go be a journalist, right? Like, they got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, Kevin Durant was like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, heck yeah, do your thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Like, I'm not doing, like, we're not going to do the whole Kevin Durant with Marcus Thompson. We're not doing that. But, yeah, go do your thing. So they kind of got it. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the difference. Like, it's a huge difference in pay. It's a huge difference in publicity, right? Like, I'm out here. I got to hustle and promote myself. I got to do a thousand radio interviews and try to squeeze it in wherever I can, right? But if if, if I did it with Steph, Steph would just go on SportsCenter, <laughs> right? And, or wherever he wants and promote the book. Like, so there's a major difference between if he did the book got it. than if I did it. Like, Andre Iguodala just did a book with a writer. He did it with, uh, what's his name? I think it's Carville Wallace or... I can't remember his name exactly. I know he lives in Oakland, but uh, like they, like, you know, Andre basically poured his soul to him and then he wrote the book. I didn't do that. I'm basically just writing history and recording it. <laughs> right. And I have a little bit more access than, than most reporters. And, and that's most the, authors. <laughs> and that also has to do with the subject. Uh, God knows how many KD or Steph books there will be in the next 10 years, even, right? Hey, not, no not too many uh, Iguodala books. Sorry, Andre, but <laughs> just a read. Blooded, man. <laughs> I'm not. He's just, this is one of my favorite players. I mean, bottom line is, in the publishing world, like, like, I, and that's another thing too. Like, I never asked for this stuff. I know people think I'm out here, like, yo, let me. I'm, I, I could do a book on this. Like, no, I ain't asked nobody for no. You didn't book. pitch it. No, I didn't pitch nothing. They were like, it's a publisher. Like, man, we want a book on Steph Curry. Like, this dude is blowing up. Who can write it? And then somehow they get to my name, and then they're like. Uh, well, we want a book on Kevin Durant. He made the movie bigger. Who can write the book? Marcus, you write it. Like, ah, oh, dude, I'm tired. Like, no, nah, we kind of need you to write it. <laughs> and I'm like, Leg, can you hurry up and write it? So I'm not out here like, man, yo, let me do this. KD, can you do it? Like, no, somebody offered me some money and I feel obligated <laughs> to support my family to not walk away from money. <laughs> how, how, hey, so Marcus, how about this? If you had a choice in that second book, what would have been I would have done it. Well, if I just would have done it. I would have taken more time. I, just, but, okay. I needed more time. But they but same contract, same deal, right? And they're like, well, you got to write something. It's a, you already a second book. If, you... if I had to do it again, I would do it with a player who would want to do it with me. Like more like, yeah, I'm going to let you I'm going I'm to let you tell my story. That's what I I would do with. Uh, I would I would rather I would rather have written and look, if Kevin Looney has said if yeah, exactly. If KD has said, "Yo, man, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give you what you need." Like it's an incredible book. Like that, yeah. Obviously, you do that. That's Kevin Durant. But if I had a choice between trying to, like, be a reporter, and do the book, and be a writer, and do the book, then I would rather be the writer and do the book. Like, and that's like, hey, you know, like if if I'm like Draymond, you want to do this book, and he's like, yeah, and then he gives me time, and he gives me access, and you know, all the other stuff that they give. Yeah, I was about to say the white reporters, but. <laughs> I'm just playing. It's like it's like your podcast, Mark. You say whatever the fuck. Are you, are you saying just like, are you saying Strauss is getting the dream on book? No. <laughs> I Strauss is nah, Strauss ain't getting no. Strauss ain't getting shit. He getting shit. He getting the KD book. <laughs> Stop it. He's getting the Steve Kerr book. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like so. Yeah, I'm, Carville I'm about- Wallace. That's his name. I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess it up. Carville Wallace wrote Andre Iguodala's biography of the memoir Six Man. Uh, By the way, I'm up, I'm up to 
let, let's count this real quick. Just because this is like a thing for me. Y'all could probably tell. On the Court with Kevin Durant by Matt Christopher. Kevin Durant, the inspiring story of one of basketball's great small forwards by Clayton Jeffries. Kevin Durant, amazing athletes by Jeff Savage. Kevin Durant, rise above and shoot the Kevin Durant story by Steve James. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant, basketball superstar by Matt Doden. Kevin Durant from underdog to MVP when work beats talent by John Emerson. Kevin Durant, the inspirational story of basketball superstar by Bill Redman. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> then and now by Anthony Curico, Curcio. Kevin I've never Durant, heard of any of these authors. Who are these by people? John M. Fishman. Kevin Durant, the star, easy to read children's book with great graphics by Dave Jackson. Like, that's what I'm we saying. Like, there's a million books. Bu- this is what people do. They just write books about interesting topics. You know what I'm saying? But when the dude from East Oakland write a book, it's like, oh, he's taking advantage. Like, man, hell nah. Y'all better sit down with that. <laughs> I'm selling t- fake tag watches at Bart. Then you then you figure out be in my place, right? <laughs> oh, oh, they I look at you, Marcus. They don't know. believe you can write, you know? Wow. They'd be like, they'd be like Marcus, you don't look. I mean, that's that's what Marcus People feel say. better. Will people feel better if I'm selling cool water cologne and, <laughs> and, 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 and unauthorized Warriors t-shirts at Bart? I've bought so many of those. <laughs> I mean, this is what we do. My, Journalists write books. My homie Jonathan Abrams, he writes books. Like, this God, is what we do. We so write good. books. I don't know yeah. why it's so different than, than when I did it. So, I don't know. That's just my pet peeve. My wife told me I'm doing too much. Like, But it just it's just one of those things that gets my goat. <laughs> well, uh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you wrote it. I, I This might be the best or worst. Uh, book sales pitch ever, but <laughs> definitely, definitely will, the most I will, different. I will say I'm like three chapters in, and it goes pretty in depth into like childhood and background stuff that I had no clue about. So I'll give you, I'll give you credit on the research there. <laughs> well, that's something I appreciate it. <laughs> reporter, I mean, look, reporter, I, I, Marcus. As it as it's like come out and stuff, like you know, I was very nervous. I was very insecure about it. I mean. Part of me is insecure just as a writer, but like I just, you know, I feel like it wasn't optimal circumstance for me to do my best work. So in the end, you just kind of get judges out there and you don't get to tell everybody, yo, my daughter is like struggling in school. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to write chapters. I literally was writing from 9 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. trying to finish this book. I I also did taking her to school at 7.30. Like I don't even know how I did that. Jesus. (laughs) I also can't (laughs) imagine like having to write on someone and then just kind of like stand in front of them and ask them questions on a on a day-to-day basis like that like hey i just read a bunch of stuff about your childhood dude there was one time i went i went up to him in the locker room and i was like man i don't even know how you here. <laughs> like <laughs> it's unbelievable how you made it you know because i know people like i mean i've and that's why this book like uh, i did get frustrated because i wanted it to be really good because a lot of this is very similar to my story and story of people I know, you know, this is a story of a dude who just like didn't get any breaks and just had to make it happen, you know? And so I know people like, you know how you, there are people who we cover, like Draymond reminds me of like four of my uncles, you know what I'm saying? So I know how to talk to him because I know uncles who are just like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I I can name, I know the the manner I can tell you, and if he was around them, they would click like crazy. Like, I know Kevin Durant. I literally know them. And I know how they ended up. And I know what like what the difficulty was and how they responded to what he went through. So there was a part where I'm just like, dude, how are you even here? 
Like, mm. how do how are you here? Like, you should be like, how did you not join a gang? You know what I'm saying? Just because you you just like life is just empty and you need you know what I'm saying? Like, how how do you do that? How do you not hate your father after what he did? After he left you when you were one, and now y'all tight. Like, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like, who? Everybody, people who I know who dab dip, they hate their dad. They don't yeah. ever want to see him again. And this dude, like, let wanted his father back in his life and did the work to reconcile with his father. And now him and his father is tight. Like, that's that's like that's not a regular thing to do. And so, like, I get, I really understood why this hurt, like, the why it bothers him so much. What people say about him, like, I get it. Because, like, like for instance, if you if you if you thought if you were to list the best things about Marcus Thompson, if if you're pointing out the examples of what makes me a great person, and you point to things I do on my job, I feel like I failed. Right? My job is just my job. It's not who I am. Like the people who know me. And they're like, hey, why, why do you think Marcus Thompson is great? They're not going to say, man, did you see that PC wrote? They're going to point to stuff that happens in my life, things that I do in my life, not in my job, in my life. It's, conversely, like I, w- I wish the worst thing you could say about me was that I, I botched the article right? <laughs> or a source like led me down the wrong path. Like, no, I, in my real life, I got some real stuff that would make you be like, man, who is this dude? <laughs> right. Like I got some real things that I, you know what I'm saying? So. But but as a as a person in their shoes, when you're in public life, your job becomes a representation of who you are. And I understand why they have a tough time grappling that. Like from all from everything I hear from people, Jed York is a good dude. He just might be a terrible owner, but he's a good dude. But he's a terrible dude because he's a terrible owner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like nobody else gets to deal with that. Everybody else gets to do their nine to five. And then they get to be judged by who they are as a person, by how they live their life, like outside of their job. But Kevin Durant is soft now. Like we're calling that dude soft because of a choice he made on his job. Meanwhile, 90 percent of the people who were raised how he was raised, they would never be able to make it through what he did without being on some kind of hard drug, without you know taking on some kind of like, no, you wouldn't be able to do it. But he's soft. So I see why he's like, wait a second. Hold on. Like, I'm soft now. Me? Really? I took the easy route. Are you serious? Me? Because of what he did on his job. And they don't get to have that separation. Like how they operate on their like you see it all the time. A dude is classy because he shook hands after the game. Right? Oh, he oh man, he's such a classy dude because he gave a good interview. Man, that's his job. How does he treat his wife and his kids? Right? What what do people who live by him think about him? How is he behaving? But we say he's a classy person because he stood up for the flag and shook hands. Like oh when when you're in public life there's there, it's conflated but you and i like i mean all i know about sam is that at 5 30 in the morning he's talking about sam Cusco housing <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i don't even know what he does <laughs> so i can't even like he don't get to be judged by how he did failed or whatever on his job like he gets to be judged by how he treats people and so, how he interactions, right <laughs> you so marcus you know this and you've written now a book on this and i think that people are, that are going to read it are going to know this and you know, the, you know, whoever listens to this podcast is going to know this. I, I'm interested to know how come KD doesn't want more people to know it. And and I get maybe because it's personal, but you look at LeBron James. You know, he's kind of let a lot of things out from his personal life growing up where people are saying, man, this dude made it from the bottom to the top, right? Um, how come that isn't kind of the case for Kevin Durant then? Because I feel like I mean, if this was more public knowledge, people would gravitate more to him. 
No, I think it is, though. But I think a lot of that stuff was public knowledge. It's just that he was in Oklahoma City. Uh, like, nobody cared. And that, that's what I wrote about in the book, is that, like, when he moved to the Warriors, it put him on another level of exposure and fame. Like, we all knew who Kevin Durant was, right? We all knew him. But yeah. we ain't know him. You know what I'm saying? That's why people are like, oh, what happened? He's changed. Man, that dude ain't changed. <laughs> he's still the same humble, like, he's still the same humble guy when you talk to him, that humble superstar or the anti-superstar. He's still that dude when you talk to him in person, but he's also a dude who will pop back at you. He's also a dude who, who's sensitive. He's also a dude who, you know, is ready to, ready to got, got some edge to him and ready to go to war. Like, it's just that we didn't care about him when he was in Oklahoma City. We just liked that he could ball and that yeah. his mother was the real MVP and he gave a million dollars to tornado relief. <laughs> but once he got to the Warriors, it was like, okay, this is a whole other level of exposure. And he kind of was destined for it anyway, which was another thing I learned from the book. Like, people are looking at this as a basketball move, man. This was a dude, he's been built for this. Like, he's been, this has been pointing, his life has been pointing to this level his whole life. <laughs> it was, a, I, I mean, who, who, and, and with that talent and that potential and that kind of phenom, don't end up on this stage somehow or another. It dang near might have been fate. Hey, this is Jason Pat, co-host of the Cash Considerations Podcast. Check out my podcast and others on the network by searching Blue Wire on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast players. We're going to segue to the finals because he might not get a chance to play these finals, which, I mean, for a team that's, bottom, that's going for a three-peat, and he was just Christianed as the Best player by in the, the way, world, Marcus. Slater and Ethan just walk right by me like they ain't even know me. Wow. <laughs> you can never trust white people. Bro, I'm like, oh, okay, that's how it is. I'm hoping they just saw me talking on the phone. It was like, oh, he doing an interview, but dang, they ain't no head nod, no nothing. Damn. Supposed to be brothers in the, at the end. You think, you think they go into the Sky Lounge right now? No, nah, they walk right past it. But what if they did go in there? I'd be like, uh... <laughs> I'd be on IG right now. These racist people would let me know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my bad, I forgot my, my own bad, question. y'all. I'm, on, I'm hella sleepy. <laughs> what did I I'm ask? On my own one. <laughs> for, oh, oh, Kevin Durant in the finals. Um, Marcus, the easy question is when he's coming back. But you just talked about Kevin Durant, you know, fate being on this stage. I mean, what if he doesn't play these finals? Like, how's it going to be for him kind of in this NBA where he was just named as the best player in the world and then the Warriors win the finals without him? Or he's not going to get to play and Kawhi Leonard becomes the best player in the world? Like, what's this doing to him right now emotionally, mentally, whatever it is? Uh, You know, it's tough because we haven't been around him. He's been, you know, when you injure, you just don't have to be available. (laughs) And we kind of, like, everything with the Warriors was real like kumbaya you know, for a while, like basically after he was like, I'm Kevin Durant, you know who I am. And he dropped that 50. Everything was like, oh man, (laughs) that dude, that's the guy, right? That's the man. It was like the anointing. And they were all like into it. And he was into it. And they, they had been like that really for like a couple months, just with him being a facilitator and him like really trying to like promote the, the offense that they play. And, like even Steph was saying, we're in a really good vibe right now. So they were all in this really good place. And I wondered if if that place remained. 
and then you see him online, and it's like, is, is he stir crazy? Is it bothering him? Is he just really, is he really just chatting, and it's not that big of a deal? Because I thought his line when he was like, "Let me chill before my sensitivity flare up," I was like, "Okay, maybe this is just lighthearted." You know, he's just taking jabs at Bruce R online, right? And then it became the "You ain't got my number" and all that. I was like, "Wait a second, is he bothered now? Like what?" And so I was just trying to get a read because we just haven't seen him or talked to him. And then when we talked to him, he seemed like a guy who was still in that same mode and still in that same huh. spirit of, yeah, we're in this. And you could tell he's hearing what people are saying because he was ready. He was ready to combat it. And, you know, us Bay Area media, we didn't really go at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he was ready. You could tell he was ready. Like, so what y'all got to say? I know y'all trying to divide us, right? But uh, <laughs> But you could tell... Like, playoff Kevin Durant is a little bit different when he's locked in. And it feels like he's still locked in. Now, I don't know what that means if he doesn't come back and play. I know he's he's in, he's in Toronto by now, probably. So, I don't know. I just I find it hard for him. Like, it's probably killing him. From what I know about Kevin Durant, so he, he's it's killing him to not play because he's a basketball nut job. So, he flew into Toronto. So, he's actually on the flight. Yeah, he flew with the team. So, they, they go know, down kind of had to. Uh, he kind of had to because they can't leave the like head athletic trainer here while the team is in Toronto, right? So if he's going to get treatment and they're going to monitor him, he kind of has to be with the team at this juncture. Oh. And they, they probably aren't leaving Kevin Durant with a number two either, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's Rick Celebrini or Celebrini. I don't know how to say his name exactly, but like that's the guy who's responsible for getting KB Same. back and. And he can't. He's got to be with the team too. Like if somebody gets hurt, he can't okay. be there. So you're not you're not too optimistic. He's playing game two then. Like we know he's out for game one Thursday, but game two Sunday. If I had to guess, it's game three. It, well, he did not come back before game three, and he went on the road because that's how he's going to get the treatment he needs and the, the constant round the clock treatment. Now I don't know. Like, right. We just don't know. Like you know, they're they're being very stuff. secretive about it right now. Yes, they are super secretive. And he made sure when he walked out, he had no limp, he had no huh. any apparatus, nothing. There was nothing on his leg, you know, which is kind of like a, a contradictory message, you know, because it's like, all right, it's been three weeks and it's not yeah. healed, but also let's walk out here. It almost felt like he should have had on a brace or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Man, you, you, like, what are you, what are you doing, right? Should have given him a cast. Fine to me. Yeah, but so it's kind of a conflicted message. Like, is he? I mean, he said himself that this was the worst one, and he's not ready, and he knew he wasn't playing in Portland. So, just kind of taking his cues. Like when we talked to him, he still had a ways to go. So, I'm guessing game three. If if they down 0-1, does Kevin Durant push it? Maybe. Man. I mean, they would, how do they lose game one, right? Like, what do they get blown off the board, floor by 20? Oh. Exactly. Like, shoot. I think it's a little easier for them to not play him game two if they lose game one if they're on the road. If it was at home and they lost game one at Oracle. And they're standing to go down 0-2. Yeah, home, then, yeah. then you, then you, you kind of have to, like, give us, give us 20 minutes if that's all you got or something like that. But – I mean, if Toronto takes care of business at home, it's not ideal, but, you know, they, they still haven't given up anything, really. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. 
you know, two o two o with the Warriors are up two o is a ball game. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, Sam and I we we had our show yesterday, um, and we we. I think it's Warriors in five. He thinks it's Warriors in six. But I think he's a lot more concerned than me because of the, the Raptor size and um, the way they can play defense. Where I'm less concerned because I don't think they can move as well. I think they played a Bucks team that was shook. Um, and by the time the Bucks had lost two in a row, I think they just weren't ready. I just so think they, I, match I up way, they match up way better with the Warriors than, than Portland. Like... Uh, Obviously, the Warriors. I think we are gassed by Portland, though. People are like, "Oh, did you see what yeah. the Portlanders is about to blitz?" Like, okay, Portland. <laughs> They're down by eighteen every game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think uh, it's not it's not Myers Leonard and Enos Kanter guarding the pick and roll here. It's gonna be a little tougher for Steph. I, I don't know if Ibaka and Gasol are any better. That's my thing. Like, I think I, I just don't find them that. I don't. I, they're not throwing Kawhi Leonard on them the whole game. Kawhi's still going to have to score 35 points I mean, to win Lowry's, these games, by the way. Lowry is miles better Stop than, than Dame and CJ defensively. Steph is going to torch Steph, Kyle Lowry. always torches Kyle Lowry. On, That's man. true. That's true. All, all I'm saying is... Uh, I'm with you, Sam. It's going to be harder. Like, they, this is not going to be a cakewalk. They went down 15 against Portland three <laughs> times in a row, and that's that Portland. They go down 15 on Toronto. I don't know if they come back three they're, times they're probably, like that. They're probably losing that game if they get down 50. I do. I do feel like. I mean, there's also like a certain mojo too with Toronto. Like, there's a certain spirit about them. They're they're definitely a team. They have that stuff that Steve Kerr attributes to the Warriors, right? Where it's the 15th guy contributes. You don't know where it's coming from, and strength in numbers and rah rah. <laughs> like they have that stuff. I also oh, I also think we we kind of underrate like everyone likes to say that they um they choke Raptors you know like all the running jokes but they turn that roster over like most of the guys Man, I who were watching that game from yeah. earlier I, was, I didn't recognize half the dudes on the team I was like, dang, that's right they have Alan Judas oh CJ Miles coming off the bench they yeah, oh there's Delon Wright like yeah I it, forgot they have any of these people now. It's it's like Kawhi wasn't the one who was choking to LeBron. Marcus All wasn't in those in those games. Um, who, you know, Pascal Siakam wasn't playing. Like th- these aren't dudes who are like shook because they've been in this situation like eight years in a row and lost the Pascal same. Pascal Siakam is going to be shook. I guarantee you that. I mean, probably he he's young. He's young. Button, <laughs> that guy is going to be shitting his pants. Kyle Lowry is going to be shitting his pants. I don't know. Nah, like, I kind of believe in Kyle. I, I, I believe I, in Lowry. It's a Raptors team that took seven games to beat the Sixers, and the Sixers don't even work together. The Joel Embiid's on good, one man. knee. Sixers are top. They got a lot of talent at the top. Don't sleep. I mean, Warriors got a lot of talent at the top. Uh, it's like yeah, one of those do. things. <laughs> it's like well, because I, I am I am banking on my kind of confidence does bank on KD being back game three though. Like I do think if KD's out for the series, like I could see it going six or if seven. KD plays, but, I see it going. Yeah, if they win game one and KD comes back game two. They might sweep these leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling. But it he's five gonna be KD back. Plays. If yeah. KD plays is five. Like if you, KD think, doesn't play is six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on on the Bucks yeah. note. Marcus, um, one of the questions here: MT2 have any words for Bucks Twitter after they held a championship parade in his mentions a couple weeks ago? Oh boy! Nah, great season, Bucks. <laughs> Taking the high road. Be proud. Be proud. 
<sighs> Humble Marcus. He's got nothing, huh? I will say, Bucks fans were pretty confident this season, though. Um, and I guess that's the difference between playing in the regular season and the postseason. Have you seen, by the way, Sam, have you seen the numbers that have, like, that have the projections that have gone out in the last couple of days? I feel like it's more Raptors and Warriors that are favored to win at this point, despite the betting odds being way more on the Warrior side. Well, the money is definitely... So whatever the line opened at, it's been bet down, which is to say a lot of money's coming right. out of the Raptors. So I don't know what the, I I mean I think I think it's impossible to read this series. Like these teams have never played. I think that's what makes it fascinating. Um I don't know. I like it's all I just, hypothetical I, I think matchups. Inexperience will matter. I think inexperience will matter. I, I I mean that's what gives me the edge on the Warriors. They just like Steph said, they get down 15 and it just it feels normal to them. They've seen every situation, and you just gotta wonder what happens to Toronto when things don't go well. When when Andre Iguodala hits three threes, and they're like, "Yo, like we were kind of banking on you missing. What do we do now?" Right? <laughs> like so, like and maybe that. But I do feel like Toronto is a team with enough veteran players who've lost enough to where they could figure it out. I'm not saying they won't, but. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel it at some point. They're, they're going to feel that, uh-oh, okay, this is different. <laughs> and yeah. k- kind of how do they respond to that? The Warriors, won't, there won't be anything new when, when, when the Warriors take on this series. They just won't, there, won't, they, there won't be anything surprising. Even if Kawhi goes nuts and be like, yeah, this is just like when LeBron did it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Are they okay? By the way, somebody asked this in the mailbag too. And, and are, are they okay with – Kawhi doing what LeBron did, going for 38, and, and like, is that how they're going to guard him is my question. I mean, that's that's what they've done, right? I've yeah. been surprised by the amount of trapping. The Warriors usually don't like trapping, but I, I think they just don't, they just feel like, you know, it's Steve Kerr again, right? But like, let's not get the ball hopping and, and people getting open shots and doing that. Let's just make that dude work. LeBron averaged 40 in the finals, and, and it didn't, and it couldn't get two games, right? Like so, I think that's a blueprint for them. And and the way Kawhi is limping around and looking gas, right? It's like it seems like a perfect recipe. Like, all right, go get forty, and they've done it. He did it to Kevin Durant, twenty sixteen. Like, all right, Andre, just just make him work. The help will be rolled elsewhere. It's just you and him, and just be okay when he if he scores. Like, let it let it ride, and make him score fifty on you. And they've used this formula before, and it's, and it's worked for them. So I think they'll try it again before they go to, like, taking the ball out of his hands. It's going to be a sad day when Iguodala retires. That's, that's probably the most fun defensive player of the world. I, I guess Draymond's there, but just in terms of technique and that legendary swipe that he has, it's just he's, in my opinion, probably the most fun, the most he can learn from defense by that guy. It's, it's incredible. He's really played himself into the Hall of Fame, right? <sighs> oh, yeah. Like that, it's kind of dope too. Like, I tell him all the time, I just be like, Andre, yo, you nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you nice. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm done. I'm watched. I'm like, all right, nah, I'm watching the game. I know this game. You nice. <laughs> like he, he's even better than what he plays. Like, if what if he, what if he went to the hole with confidence? Like, if he went to the hole, if he went to the hole like he did on Capella. It was just like it was funny. Like out of all the times Andreas went to the holes, could have gone to the holes strong, he went to do it against Capella, right? Like, <laughs> like do it against 
But why you didn't do that on Myers Leonard? You would have destroyed him, right? <laughs> but he did it against Capella. So if he went to the hole like that, if he like still believed in his like offensive repertoire like that, he, I think he'd still be good. Like he still could go out and get fifteen. It's just something about in his head. He just don't feel like he's that player anymore. Uh, that dude yeah. is nice, man. <laughs> he's healthy, right? He, sh- he should be good to go. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, that's yeah. that's always like the weirdest part of his game. Like, I mean, he's a good ball handler. He can get to the rim, but it's just like whatever it is about it, like the weirdest hole for a guy to have. I don't know. It is. And, and if you think about it, like throughout this run, He's made some huge shots on drives to the basket. Right. Like, where it's like, and you watch again, you're like, oh, yeah, ooh, Andre just drove. It was like one ooh. against Houston where he drove and, like, dumped on Capella before. Like, it was like I was like, geez, I don't remember this play. There was another one against Oklahoma City where it's like this weird finger roll in a lane and a bounce. I was just like, he's got a lot I of remember that one. where I was just I remember, remember yeah. in Cleveland 2015 yeah. that, like, follow – where he, yeah. like, jumped up and kind of threw it over his head, got the foul. Like, he gets a lot of those clutch layup buckets. Yep. I know people know his yep. but he gets a lot of those. I think he still got weight. I think he still got enough of the tank to get you 15 a night if, <laughs> if, if his head was right. Well, it's just – I mean, you see him play a couple games that, that are high leverage, high stress, and all of a sudden he's got that – what did he have, a, a calf or, or – a pulled yeah. handy or whatever it was, like maybe that's it. Like he just he can't he just, go to yeah, the hole like that. He knows it's coming. Yeah, he yeah. Like, let me let me chill because I know this thing. But it's crazy too because he looks like he would have no injuries, right? Yeah, like, look at that. You look at it. <laughs> look like, like Giannis. Why are you always breaking down, right? <laughs> like what, what is it? But yeah, I mean that dude is still not. Like, I, I'd give him another three year deal. I was like, gonna say I about his game. Can I get all the teach people? Back. He's the only guy that out negotiated Bob Myers and made Bob Myers. No look question. Home. The one dude, the one dude who fleeced Myers. <laughs> 16 mils, three even year guaranteed. No trade. Nah. <laughs> nah. Even, even as he had to draw a lot of the staff with Andre, it's like, all right, Andre, whatever you want. <laughs> um, Sam, so, we got game questions, series questions. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, so, Marcus, you think Boogie's going to play game one? I do. I do. Ah, uh, game one, I'm not sure. I do think he's gonna play. Probably game two. I think he's so determined to get on the court. And you know, respect to him too, right? Like this how many times this chance he might not get this chance again. I think he knows nah. that. Uh, yep. so it's I think it's gonna be tough to keep him off the court. And you can see him out there working. He's he's scrimmaging with the guys after they scrimmage on the court for practice and then he does another one to get more running. Damn. He's over there playing with uh, like he's trying, like he's doing everything he can. He wants to play. You know he's hungry, so they could use them in that second unit. I think that's going to be, you know, that second and fourth quarter, the first six minutes. I was going to say, like, yeah. That's, that's often the series right there, right? That Ooh. might be the series. Like, what happens? And Well, first off, it determines what happens in the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if, it, if they get a couple games, you know, where's the chance for Toronto to do something and they can't score on that second unit, they can't, like, cut the lead or build the lead, and it's like, uh-oh. If you can't do that on the second unit, like when can you do it? Yeah, and these uh, since KD has gone down, uh, those those beginning of the second and fourth quarter minutes without Steph have been rough. Yes, they have. <laughs> they've been, they've been, except for when they needed to be right, and right? Because uh, Houston like game six against Houston, yeah. it was all of a sudden they're great. And 
just like it's unbelievable how they just managed to do that. But if you throw Boogie in there, because I feel like Toronto's second unit, like the Warriors' second unit, can score on. You know, I mean, just off the bat, like Quinn Cook can play in that series. Yep. Right, like yep. he, he'll yes. be able to play against Fred Van Vliet and uh, Norman yep. Powell. Like he'll yep. be able to play, and if he can play, he can get some shots. And an aggressive yep. Quinn Cook matters a lot. You throw Boogie in there, yeah, that that might be the series, right? Yeah, right I thought if, I thought it was pretty cool that Quinn Cook played in that fourth quarter in Game Four. He played like the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Right. I thought that was nice with Steph. I mean, that that pairing go play no defense, but like it kind of helped open the floor up a little bit. That's what matters. Like if they could get any, if they could get anything, or really if they get six points, six to ten points in those first six minutes, like you ain't gotta win it. You just gotta not get blown out. Just can't <laughs> let them go on a run, right? You get six to ten points in that first six minutes, you straight. And I feel like if Quinn Cook is, if Demarcus Cousins is on the floor, that's enough offense against Toronto. Yeah, I guess uh, you're holding the fort down too. If like I mean, like you're saying, if the Warriors are gonna win one out of two in the first two game, and KD's back for game three, that looks good. If you win two in a row, the series is a wrap. Um, but are you boarding soon? Should we ask you for your yeah. predictions? Actually, I want to ask yeah, Marcus. I, go. I want to ask Marcus one question before we get out of here. You're around the team. Okay. We know how uh, the Warriors kind of. There's certain stars they respect, and there's certain ones that they won't say <laughs> it, but they think are uh, not oh, quite as good, not quite as good yeah. as uh, the the TV Russell. shows think they are. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My um, bad. I don't. What do they think of Kawhi? Because like I feel like they just basically haven't even played Kawhi in two years. Nah, they respect Kawhi. They respect Kawhi. Draymond respects Kawhi. He's on the short list. Yeah, he's definitely on the list. Nice. I mean, they they've had to deal with him before, right? I mean, they've had like remember remember it was the uh, twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen. It was like in January, and the Warriors were blowing everybody out, and it was like it was them and San Antonio were both like 45 and five or something crazy. It was like right. the best record between two. It was like, all right, you know, Kawhi has given Steph trouble. Can, can he lock him up? I remember Steph did that inside out dribble. So yep. step three. And it was like, yes, yeah, Steph, Steph pull out tricks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And celebrate. Like that's because Kawhi was somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like that was a big, but they went to that game. Like, all right, let's, we got to do something about Kawhi. So, I do feel like they respect him and they think he's good. Even with Draymond tip his cap to somebody, that means they respect him. Because if Draymond <laughs> don't think you're any good, he will say it. So and it's a few dudes, he's like, Yeah. It's a few dudes. He's like, Yeah, no, nah, he's good. I respect him. Uh, okay. Plus he don't talk no head. Like that he don't talk head, so you can't get under his skin, you know, you can't create those animosity relationships, so <laughs> you don't say nothing. You don't say nothing except for weirdly laugh. Actually, I just thought of. Actually, we didn't ask about Steph, and we're almost done here. So, um, how, number one, how's his finger? How's his ankle? How's everything? Because it's Steph. Number two, um, he has a chance. He's favored to win Finals MVP. Uh, you tell me. Does he even care about that? What's this mean for his legacy here? What, yeah, he cares. He thinking about? Yeah, he cares. <laughs> of course, he cares. Steph built his whole career on. Uh, you know, silencing doubters and 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 taking away ammo from people, right? You oh, he's not a point guard. Okay, I'm never gonna shoot. I'm just gonna pass, right? <laughs> like, oh, you you too soft. All right, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna flop and draw foul. But let you just beat me up and show you I can handle it. Like that's what he does. So absolutely, Steph would like to get the Finals MVP and take away one more thing they said he could do. But I remember we had this conversation a while ago. 
like some people act like things don't bother them as a way of trying to sound like real kind of like you know mature or whatever right but tough guys yeah the truth is it's only really a sacrifice if it actually bothers you (laughs) right if you say yo i really want this award but i'm gonna put that on the back burner because i'm I'm winning is more important if it don't matter like it's not a sacrifice for me to not smoke crack like you can put the lid right there (laughs) i'm not you know what i'm saying like oh what willpower Marcus has like there's no willpower i'm not smoking crack like forget it right so i don't get any brownie points for that (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying Put some ice cream right there, though. Let me and, and see me walk away from that. That's where I get my medal. That's where I get my trophy. <laughs> so I do think he wants it, and I think that's why he's incredible because uh, he knows how to he knows how to put that stuff in its proper perspective and not let it consume him. But absolutely, he was gunning for it last year. Yeah, <laughs> he was going for it. So yeah, he, he wants it. Yeah, I think this is the year he gets it. It would be incredible, though, if Draymond Green got it. I was going to say, I'm putting money on Draymond to get it. It would be incredible. The way he's playing, too. Like, people were saying that last time. Like, oh, if, if, if this was the finals, Draymond would have MVP. I was like, yeah, that's how y'all like to think. And y'all know I mean, 15, Draymond 16. He might have won it. Yeah, I mean, he's driving one-on-one for a reason, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that was, that was my favorite part of it. Like, Draymond was incredible in the last series. Steph averaged 36 a game. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, like, Draymond. Oh, Draymond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Draymond is incredible, but all right. Let's are okay. I got you. But come <laughs> on. All right. Uh, we'll let you get out of here. I don't want you to have to miss your flight, sit in the air. No, no one wants to sit in SFO if, for. Let me go see if Ethan and Slater will uh, talk to me. <laughs> Marcus, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. I'll see you soon. I'll probably see you at Salesforce, another yeah. book event. So that's take correct. Care, right? Hey, uh, uh, can you can you tell everybody to go purchase their copies of Golden and and KD and whatever books you sold, especially rack up on the KD books. Kevin Durant's relentless pursuit to be the greatest. Like, can you just make sure people know that. Got you, bro. I'll we link it up. We're going to get you a third contract. Third book that you don't want to do. All right, fellas.